Uh, I stream every single night, at least most every night. Um, the talk, have chats, video game. I play video games, have chats with people. We talk about all kind of stuff. I wake up in the morning early sometimes, jump on, eat breakfast, talk gun stuff, everyday carry. There's always something going on on this Twitch channel you may or may not care about. So if you're in here hanging out already, hit the follow button if you want to get notified or uh, unclick the follow button if you are already bored and hate the show. Um, Twitch is pretty interesting. So if you're new to it, welcome. Um, the candy man saw you followed earlier. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. So I've got with me tonight, I'll get off of this full screen, and you won't have to just look at my face. You'll see Dave's pretty face here in a second. He's over here hanging out for me. Uh, Dave Benton, uh, most people know him as Boone. Uh, he looks exactly like the actor who played Boone in 13 Hours. Um, and it's just like a spitting image. Uh, Dave and I met uh, a couple years ago. Um, and uh, we teach at the same place at OTOA. We just kind of like usually get to talk for five minutes there in passing at OTOA. Uh, I've always enjoyed conversations with them, but I've never got to have a very in-depth conversation about training, life, um, gun stuff, and, and that kind of stuff. But we've had enough conversation that I know that we see eye to eye on many things. Uh, and somebody made a comment earlier that uh, Dave and I are like his two favorite um, voices of reason in the firearms industry and I, I really appreciate that comment uh, and, I, and I think that's uh, I, I can see that you know for being a the help we're just both a couple of practical guys you know and, and that's it and uh, uh, not trying to blow smoke up anybody's behind or anything just trying to get the best information and put the best information out there but without further ado uh, let me click this thing so you guys can see Boone and I'll make him big and pretty. All right, so there we are. We'll, we'll work on his Twitch, get him some lights and stuff like that, because he's uh, he, he's 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 looking like uh, looking a little like he got a good tan. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Glad to have you on here. I've uh, been looking forward to it. He's like, where do I look? I'm looking right at him, and he's looking right at me in the screen. We don't even know it. You're you're looking right at me. Um, I wanted to to talk a little bit about uh, concealment, right? And um. And I don't want to get into it just yet, but Varg Freeborn was on the show uh, about a week and a half ago, and we talked, we touched on it a little bit, the idea of concealment, that we're concealing far more than just a firearm. We're concealing the fact that we are gathering information. You know, we're concealing the fact that uh, many things about ourselves that maybe we're, we're capable or maybe that we're incapable. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're concealing, and, um, you know, through your experience, you know, it, in the military, as well as, uh, uh, as GRS and all that, you've, you've probably had to do a little bit of concealment in your life, I'm guessing. Um, Absolutely. So I'm thinking you're a pretty good guy to, to have a conversation with that with. Um, but before we do that, just tell us uh, you know, about yourself, what you're doing right now, you know, and kind of what led you to that you know, through, uh, through your years in your life real quick. Um, right now, I'm teaching full-time through uh, Threat Management Solutions, and I've actually been a instructor since 1994. So um, teaching has just been um, natural, if, if, uh, if that makes sense. You know, I, I like to impart knowledge to other people, if I can, to make them better. So after I left the, uh, the agency um, in 2016, I started to focus on teaching full-time commercially, but I've actually been teaching commercially um, between deployments since about 2004. So it's something I've been doing for a little while. 
you got to get about three years on me. Um, if you've been teaching since uh, uh, 1994, I started in, uh, actually I guess I technically started in 98, so uh, pretty close. Um, what, what, what got you into the GRS gig? I'm always looking for that, that next level, you know, what, what's next, you know, where, where can I go next? Who's, who's doing the real missions and I, I want to be there. So that's kind of how I got there. Um, just looking for that, that next level. Would you say that you're a guy who likes to fight? Um, yes and no. I enjoy competitive competition like MMA, boxing, jiu-jitsu. Um, can I inflict violence? Absolutely. Do I enjoy inflicting violence on the other human beings? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. So from a competitive side, yeah, I like to fight. Um, as far as actually harming people, no. I'm just trying to enter the psyche, just see what it works. Because I know Varg and I touched on this last week, too. The um, You know, I, I, I miss the martial culture from, of the, the military and, uh, you know, doing without cliche words like operational type stuff, you know, and, and missions and, and doing things that are, that are dangerous. Uh, I miss problem solving where you, if you fail, then, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a big penalty for failure. You know, it's uh, it's about as drastic as it, as it can get as a human, um, and uh, that's one of the things that that I miss. It, it's not the actual you know violence part or any of that, but it's just the uh, um, the risk. You know, the, the 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 standards that you have to meet, or else, I guess you could say. No, I'd absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and and what what you're doing actually matters, and there's you know. Um, Real consequences, like you said, if, if you fail, absolutely. Can can you give a picture, you know, without getting anything that you can't talk about or anything? Can, can you give like a, a brief overview of kind of like what your your work was in your life, like what, what you did uh, with GRS? Um, not not in detail, but if if um, if you think about it, um, if you're familiar with like how a narcotics team would work, um, a lot of it has a lot of parallels. So um, a lot of surveillance, you know, um, a lot of planning, a lot, a lot of watching, a lot of following, and then if need be, um, acting. So it's, it's pretty safe to say um, that you spend a lot of time in kind of non-permissive environments, you know, where uh, not only is it non-permissive for possibly you and your mission uh, and a guy that looks like you and everything else, but also uh, the equipment that you have on you uh, would be... Very high penalty if you were discovered, uh, what you're doing, why you're there, what you're carrying with you, uh, and all those things, and you know what your end goal was. That's pretty accurate. That's extremely accurate. Yeah, if you look at it, if you're um, compromised, not only are you perhaps looking at being thrown in jail or possibly killed, you're also looking at um, perhaps an international incident, you mm -hmm. know, which now affects diplomatic uh, relations as well. So absolutely. Right. Okay. Uh, so kind of prefacing that, um, the idea of concealment, you know, this is, uh, this is why when we talk about when you were, we were going to have a class together sometime coming up soon, uh, it's one of the things I wanted to, to cover in that class and, and do your concealment class. Uh, where, where you're basically covering a, a lot of the ideas in concealment. So when somebody says conceal carry to you, what is that? I, my guess is, 
I'll back up a hair. I don't know if you ever met Freddie Osuna, uh, but but Freddie's a Marine, and uh, Freddie is is like a 12th generation tracker. Like there, he is one. He, he helped write the Marine Corps Combat Hunter program and then tweak yes. things. Freddie is amazing. Do you know Freddie? I know who he is. Yeah. I, I don't know him personally, but yes, very familiar. If you with ever him. just spend five minutes and talk to him. You have to dig things out of him until you get him on the subject of tracking and of observation, and then he'll just spill his whole world for hours and hours and hours. But he, he, he's a very humble guy, and he holds back uh, his knowledge because he doesn't want to seem like he, he's a guy who, who thinks he knows a lot just because he's super humble. Uh, but he will blow your mind. Um, so when somebody says observation or somebody says uh, tracking or something like that to Freddie, He's thinking in a whole different world that when somebody says tracking, and even to myself, I consider myself a trained observer, even though I've fallen off, right? Like I, that's perishable, and it, I see it perishing all the time. Uh, I, 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 when he hears that, it means something different to him than it does to me, just because of his vast understanding uh, of what you know, Varg and I were talking about last week about uh, all the elements of concealment that is not just where you put your handgun in your belt, you know, and like what clothing covers it. So when somebody says conceal carry or or uh, um, conceal carry, kind of think we're thinking gun whatsoever. But you, if you if you go a little bit of broad sense, conceal carry myself, conceal conceal carrying my knowledge, conceal carrying my training, conceal conceal carrying my medical kit, conceal carrying uh, everything that you have with you in your brain to your. Uh, neuro pathways for your, you know, your muscular structure and everything else that you have worked for years to obtain, you know, you, in, in martial arts, whatever else. Uh, so what does that mean to you when somebody says concealed carry? That's a good point. Um, like you said, generally to the public, when you say concealed carry, it does mean two different things. And most people think, all right, yeah, I'm concealing my gun. Um, like you said, though, when, when I hear concealed carry, I'm thinking concealing everything, my mannerisms, you know, why I'm there, my true intent. Um, my body language, which is uh, which can be telling. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely the whole concept. Uh, from my perspective, I'm concealing many things, not just personal tools that might be on my body. So you said concealing body language. Can you give me an example of, of when maybe not maybe not a time? That um, probably wouldn't be good. Uh, but a situation where you would you would want to conceal your body language. Well, as you know, being military, law enforcement, when we walk into a room, we have a certain presence. Um, we stand erect. We look people in the eyes. We walk in as if we're in a very authoritative position. And sometimes that can compromise you and give you away if you're trying to blend in and not look like, you know, a, a I don't like to use the term, but like a shooter. You know, you have to change your mannerisms, the way you walk, your gait, the way you look. Um, your posture to where you don't look strong, to where you look weaker, and you blend into a certain environment. Because even putting on local clothes, you know, local dress, our manners and still stand out. So going back to the whole, you know, concealed carry, now you have to conceal your mannerisms as well. I've been I've been playing a little game lately, and one I, I like it because it's super comfortable. 
right? It just kind of happened because I worked in my basement uh, for like a year straight, <laughs> and and I, I would my, my uniform of the day was like t-shirt and sweatpants or track pants, and it was kind of nice. So now I'm kind of lazy. I'm like, man, I don't like putting jeans on and a belt and all that. So I've been carrying off body, and I've been wearing like track pants, sweatpants, sweatshirt, you know, for the majority of my clothing for like the past year, and I'm still doing it now. I just moved to Texas, um, and I, there was a guy who was in our office, uh, the new warehouse we just moved into, working on a studio, and we were just talking. And, and he said something about, you know, he found out I was a Marine. And, uh, you know, and he's like, well, you know, I didn't know. That's one of my favorite compliments was somebody's like, I, 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 they tell me, like, man, you sure you're a Marine? You know, and I'm like, I, like yeah. Right. You know, because uh, I don't I don't have to go around yelling all the time and then act like a Marine and everything else. So I take that as a compliment. But I'm, like, wearing a hoodie, some track pants, uh, a pair of, like, kind of bright shoes, you know. And, uh, and, and I've got this little sling bag, the Victo sling bag that I've been carrying a gun in, medical kit and everything else. We talked about it the other morning here uh, on, the, on the stream. And it's, um, I, I kind of got this like urban hipster look thing going on right, right. now, right? Mm-hmm. So now, I, and then I, I'm thinking the other day when I'm talking to Varg, I'm like, maybe I should play with this. And like, even like I'm acting a little bit, not that I'm, I live such a clandestine lifestyle that I can't hide that I, that I, I, I know things or whatever. Uh, but just, you know, blending in more with people who, uh, who may not recognize me uh, at all for somebody who, who would be potentially one of the most threatening persons in the room, you know, or, or the most, the biggest asset in, in the room. If some kind of uh uh, violence were going to happen, or if so, there was an emergency, a medical emergency, or anything else, you know. So like that, that gives me many options, you know, to to step away, to be a good witness, to uh, to not be immediately involved if I don't want to. So I, I think there's a lot of power in that uh, concealing, you know, everything about yourself. It's very interesting stuff. Um, there, there's a lot of power in there. You know, having the ability to see and not be seen, and having that element of surprise for whatever reason is is very empowering. Absolutely. So you said you said dress uh, like the locals dress. Is is that a usually considered like a, a country, national region thing, or do you find pockets in the U.S. where where you might change the way you dress? Oh sure, just like you said. You know, now you're you're starting to blend into the hipster scene. It depends on your environment, and your environment doesn't have to be like some back alley in some you know third world country. It can be here in the U.S. If you go to certain parts of Chicago wearing, you know, a, a um, certain clothes, you're going to stand out. You might even be a victim because of it. So absolutely. Interesting. So when you're talking body language, um, you know, you, you mentioned like walking into the into a room, uh, just, you know, the way you, your, your presence there. Uh, what about individual interaction, like face to face when you're talking to somebody? You know, because it seems like that would be much more difficult. Um, like, you know, don't want to not make it too much. And this isn't so much for like the concealed carry person out there. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious for you and, and your experience, you know, is, is there, uh, techniques that you use to seem more submissive, you know, to more, to like less, less authoritative or, you know, less threatening or put something at ease when they're talking to you? There, there is, and it really depends on your environment and what you're trying to achieve. And for me that, well, not so much now, but before, um, it would change constantly depending on what I was trying to achieve. Um, but as an example, just being a legally armed um, person who carries concealed and traversing through multiple neighborhoods during my, my, daily, um, my daily schedule, there's times where I might be in a neighborhood where eye contact can be confrontational. So to maintain good assertiveness, maybe I'll make eye contact 
and then break eye contact, not to force a confrontation to where if I maintain that eye contact, now I'm forcing a situation, but if I don't make eye contact in, at all, now I'm looking like a victim. So it just really depends on where you're at and what your situation is. No, I think that's a good point. So uh, there's, there's people talk about the, the head nod, you know, like giving somebody, I, I, I've done that my whole life, right? Since I was, since I was very young, uh, to me, it's always like a, a man to man, uh, it's it's almost like a, the ancient salute, you know, with the weapon hand. It's like I, I'm I'm sure. I'm like, hey, I, I respect you as a, as another man, and and you. I don't I don't give women head nods. I give them smiles and like a forward nod, you know, or something or right. or something. And uh, but and no matter who they are, uh, but a, but a male, adult male, typically gets a gets a head nod, like uh, yeah, and I might even mouth like, how you doing, you know, or, or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, just it, to me, it's a show of respect to that person, and um. And it, it, I, there's a, there's a group of people out there, um, and it, it's not it's not regional by the U.S. only. It's in other countries as well, um, and it, it's not it's not racial. Uh, it's not ethnic in origin. It is um, it's all over, and uh, in, in many cases they could possibly describe the street people, um, where that long stare, you know, maintaining eye contact, like I'm not going to break contact until this guy, like it's a, it's like a, a establishing dominance. Um, right. there, there, there are certain people out there who you're fighting, you are committing to a fight right now by, by taking that action. Uh, possibly if it's just you and him, but if someone else, if one of their buddies, one of their boys near them observes you staring them down like that, then it is then expected of them. It's unspoken, but it is expected of them to initiate some type of confrontation based on what they just perceived as disrespect, right? So it's uh, the the whole um, the eye thing and and the head nod and and all that and, and different cultures is uh, it's very interesting stuff to me. Uh, is there a technique that you use out there on the street with somebody you don't know unknown? Is there something that you kind of prefer to go to or maybe even speak about in your classes? Again, um, really depending on what I'm personally trying to do, but the best advice I could give to your your average legally armed citizen would be just that, to maintain that assertiveness, make eye contact, give the nod like you said, and then break eye contact. It's confidence. So you're for the nod? I, I am, because it shows respect, but it also shows that you're not a punk. My, and that might also my worry is, because I, I believe that there are some that I shouldn't give a head nod in some situations where I shouldn't. And, uh, but, I, but I also, maybe I don't possess the skills and knowledge to know who not to, maybe I do. And that person doesn't get ahead now. They just get avoidance and I don't even notice it. You know, I don't know. It's interesting stuff to me. The, the avoidance can also be seen as disrespect though. And it just d depends, you know, the, the avoidance, um, and then the submissiveness of not making eye contact as well. Again, it's a fine line between acknowledging respecting but showing you're also to be respected and then you know gazing a little too long and forcing that confrontation what's the technique once you have gazed a little too long inadvertently well now you need to uh, de-escalate if you can you know if you're not looking for a fight so the the quick head nod eye contact and then keep on moving all right uh, particularly you know, dress, you know, there, there is a culture in the gun world where people put on their 511 tuxedos, 
right? Like, and they're they're wearing the five eleven shirt with the pants, with the underwear, with the five eleven belt, with the five eleven hat, and uh, I maybe your gun is hidden, but you are not you are not concealing anything. Uh, no, you know. And, and people will like say, well, well, you know, people who are bad guys, they don't they don't know what five eleven is. They don't know what this theory is. Like, yes, they they can recognize you a mile away. They they they'll like. They'll they will call you like you want to look like a cop or you are a cop, right? Like so, there's a and and that may be a good or bad thing either way. I I don't know, but uh, uh, I th yeah I say that because I'm wearing five eleven underwear today, but nothing else five eleven. <laughs> but uh, they have nice underwear. I like it. Um, but how, how do you feel about that for you know responsible armed citizens dressed out there in their five eleven tuxedos or uh, when it gets really bad the concealed carry vest? Well, it kind of goes both ways. Um, the 511 tuxedo, I am absolutely against 100%. You know, unless you work on a range and that's what you're required to wear, um, it just looks silly. Um, is it because it looks silly or is it because it's not effective or because it does something bad? Well, both. Both. One, I, I'm not a fashion guru by any means, but one, it does look silly. But, but you two, are a Marine. Uh, yes. And you understand that you need to look cool. Yes. Do you have to look cool? Yeah. But with... with um, Certain types of clothing can identify you as one, either being armed or two, being law enforcement. And both you probably don't want if, if you're not either. Um, but also something interesting, though, is, yes, yeah, some people do know what 511 is. But again, to a lot of guys on the street, your street-level thug, it's the way you wear your clothes. You can wear cargo pants that mm -hmm. aren't 511, and your average st uh, street thug will associate that with being a cop or 5'11 type tactical pants. Same thing with the flannel shirt. It doesn't have to be a 5'11 flannel shirt, but just wearing those cargo pants with that flannel is now identifying you as either law enforcement and or someone who wears those types of clothes and carries a gun. Yep. So what else, what other kind of, what kind of clothing, um, you got any examples of what does and what does not? You know, is, is there a certain type of clothing that, that people who aren't concealing a firearm where do you um, think i think i think people who are not in our type of industry um or who have no um interest in the types of things that we do guns tactical clothing and things like that they wear whatever's fashionable you know and i, I don't want to go out on a limb because i have seen a few at shot show but most people carrying firearms aren't wearing skinny jeans Right. You know, they're, they're not wearing the trendy, fashionable clothes unless they're a hipster or something like that. So the type of clothing is just different. Um, but it depends on your environment. What blends into your environment? What's normal dress for you and the people you normally hang out with? I don't think that you can pick a type of clothing that's going to blend in every environment. It, it won't. But there are certain types of clothes that you should stay away from that do scream gun. Again, unless you're trying to go for that look. I'm not sure why you would. Yeah, I mean, well, flannel's really in right now, you know? So, carrying, we'll talk about um, a firearm. Uh, how do you typically carry concealed on, on a daily basis? Well, I use levels or what we call lines of gear, first, second, and third. First line of gear is anything that's on my body. And when I carry a firearm on my body, it's the majority of the time inside the waistband, three o'clock. I do do appendix once in a while. Um, appendix depends on the right holster, the right gun combination, and your body, and it doesn't work for me 100% of the time like it does for a lot of people. Very valid way 
Um, so I'm not knocking it. It works. But for me personally, 3 o'clock works a little better. And what, what, what level is that? Just uh, the handgun is out of the waistband? Do you mean retention level for the whole thing? No, you said your, your levels of concealment. All the lines of gear. Let's do that. Let's, let's go through that. Let's go through those all steps, lines of gear. That sounds interesting. Okay, so your lines of gear, this is um, an old military concept. Yep. Um, first line of gear is anything that's on your body. The way that I break it down is first line of gear would be based around a weapon, ammunition to load that weapon, communication device, and then medical supplies. So that's the bare minimum I need on my body every day. And that'll fluctuate depending on my mission. Am I here stateside? Am I overseas? You know, am I fully tacked up? What am I doing? Um, and then my second line of gear could be like a go bag, a backpack, something bigger um, that's going to support those three things. It might be um, a bigger gun, more ammunition, uh, a bigger med kit, uh, redundancy communication and anything else that goes along with that is just gravy but I have to have those three elements something to fight with something to keep the weapon fighting and then something to patch myself up with and then a means of communication and then third line of gear would be maybe like a, uh, a rucksack a duffel bag something that could be stored in an office a home or a car something I'm not readily gonna grab and run around with and then again it just builds off of those items all right. An example of that is I, I often have a Smith & Wesson 642 in my pocket with a Glock 45 compensated RMR with an extra magazine in my little sling bag. This way I've been carrying lately a lot. Um, okay. So I'm covering kind of like first and second right there. Uh, in, in that situation, no medical on my body in the first line, but medical in that second line, which is still on my body because it's attached around me. But Sure. Uh, interesting. Um, okay. So uh, three o'clock. You said holster is very important. Why? Why is holster so important when you're you're trying to conceal a gun? The holster will allow you to conceal. Uh, the right holster will allow you to conceal a bigger gun more comfortably um, and more securely. It'll also position the holster correctly for you to get a correct draw stroke, which can be a big deal as well. You put a holster on. You're standing up. You'll get in a car that may or may not shift. You get out of the car. That holster is no no longer positioned in the same angle that it was when you initially put it on. If you have a good holster belt combination, um, some of those issues are less um, likely to happen. Do you find that there's a certain type of clip or certain type of uh, strap or attachment device on holsters that you like more than others? Um, right now, I like a lot of the G-Code holsters and the clip that they have. G-Code does have They're, good clips. They, they do. Um, a lot of the traditional plastic little clips, though, and I'm, I'm not even sure of the term, but just kind of like clip over the belt, are very poor. Uh, they don't really hold to the belt very well. And a lot of times when you draw, you draw on your whole holster with your weapon, not just your weapon. Right. Let so me I uh, away from those. I, what are those clips called? Anybody in the, in the chat know um, what those clips are called that uh... – What are they? Uh, is it utility clips or no? That's not it. Um, the little metal ones. Is that what you're thinking of? I'm trying to think of the little. Uh, oh, that's it right there. So I, I'm not trying to pick on this company right here. Can you see that in the uh, in the video, Boone? Yes. 
Those are not good. Those yeah. kind of clips. So there's other variations of this same clip. This isn't the only clip like this. There's plenty of other variations that are very similar to this. Um, if, if you come to one of my classes and you have one of those on your, uh, on your holster, uh, I think it's the utility clips that are awesome, that are really good, like the metal ones. So I'm not sure if that's right. it, Captain, uh, that are just, they lock in place. Like they don't go anywhere. I think those are the ones, that's what they call the ones. And I, I, I'm a fan of those. Um, but that one that I just showed there, that's, uh, I, I don't care if you have a rigid belt. I don't care if that is the exact same size as your belt. When you're standing, and I've had many people tell me, when I'm because I made a post on Instagram about this a while back and put it on Facebook, and people are like, right on. And then people were like, I've been using this for this many years, and it's never had a problem. I draw my gun 10 times a day before I leave the house, and I've never had a problem. I've done this and that. And I'm like, well, man, that's I, if it works for you, awesome. I just know that if you come to one of my classes, and we're in the kneeling, we're in the prone, we're on our backs, we're on our stomachs, we're on our sides, we're doing different things, we're transitioning from rifles to handguns, we're moving around, we're not just standing static in my house after I get dressed, and you're drawing that gun from the holster, one out of ten draws the gun comes with it. Right, that may be some an exaggeration for some people, but there are some people that I would say one to two draws out of ten, the, the holster is coming out with the gun. Um, cause it, it's just, they're not effective. Those, it's got like a little lip down there on the bottom that grabs onto the belt and there are a bazillion more, um, clip options out there that will stay in there. Those utility clips, I think those are the ones that are solid. Uh, let me, let me look at that just to make sure I'm not saying something's good. That's not good. Um, Come on, interwebs. Yeah, I think that's it. That's not the one I'm thinking about, but uh, I think that is it. Or one of these variations is. It's got like a little plastic thing that comes in it. Um, Bravo Concealment has a good clip. Um the way they're they're inside the waistband holster clips in and the way it's got the, a forward edge that goes over it and then right. locks in behind it is solid the g-code does um and this is one of the reasons why the the g-code the incog works well the way these these little circles if you can see that where my cursor is the way they designed this is to where with that extra material and everything else in that that kydex or this is actually like uh um, vacuum plastic and you know, whatever they call it uh, but that circuit it always keeps a downward pressure on it I mean you can bend it out too much but it but it helps keep that tight pressure on it uh, and it's got a nice little hook on there um, one of my favorites are um, loops just like these right here. Oh, the good old loops. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I carry. Though I am using um, a uh, a Filster floodlight right now, carrying it a lot. I've been carrying it for the past uh, about year and a half, and um, it's got the loops on them. They stay. They stay in place. Uh, yeah, the multi-directional loops. Yep. Yeah. And and they work well. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good clips and loops out there. A lot of good options out there. Um, 
I, I see absolutely no reason to go with these little ones that people buy for their holsters that they make. You know, and there's people who are making holsters in their backyards and buildings behind their house and their garage that are making great holsters. Um, just whenever I see that that clip that we showed at the beginning on this on that holster, I I don't I'm not I'm not getting a holster from that company. You know, if they no. if it's even an option with them, I, I'm not a fan. You know, because I'm like this this person one doesn't train. They don't they don't shoot. They they don't they and if they do, they're just standing static and drawing a gun because that. I, I think it's I think it's a dangerous clip. You're carrying that gun for the unlikely situation where you may have to draw that gun and use it immediately. Um, and I believe you're setting yourself up for failure for that event if you're using equipment that is just not going to work well. I see people who are bashing high point like crazy, and they've got their like tricked out two thousand dollar Glock in a holster with those five cent clips on them, right? Like so you're 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 not winning, right? It's just it, there's and, and I'm not trying to be bougie or elitist about this. It's not like I'm saying buy a $5,000 clip for your holster. I'm saying from the based on what I see in classes and, and lots of draws from the holster through the year, and obviously Boone is saying the same thing, if maybe you'll say it, <laughs> like there there's better options out there. You know, talking about concealment, there, I think it's there important. There are better options. And it, they're not expensive either. Um, Pitbull Tactical makes a very aggressive um, clip that you could adapt to, you know, most Kydex holsters. Um, standard makes a, a nice metal clip and a, and a nice Kydex metal um, combination that works well. But it's not only drawing the gun either. Um, if you go hands-on, and you're more likely to go hands-on than you are to actually, you know, use justifiable use of deadly force, mm -hmm. just maintaining the weapon securely as you're entangled with someone is a concern as yep. well. For sure it is. Uh, you've probably seen it just like I have in Force on Force, where somebody's just, they're just wrestling and the gun comes out, right? Sure. Now there's a gun right here that wasn't there before, spinning around on the concrete floor or whatever, or in the grass, and both people will kind of look at the gun and look at each other, and somebody goes for the gun, right? Right. Like, uh, cause that, that's, that, and that, I believe that's a, that's a good snapshot of reality when that happens in Force on Force. Uh, also, you know, putting the gun back in the holster, right? Like, you know, then which is not as big a concern as drawing the gun from the holster, you know, because if I'm putting my gun back in the holster, I, I typically don't need that tool anymore right then. Uh, right. But still, being safely, safely being able to do that, uh, being able to get that gun back in the holster very quickly and safely when law enforcement is about to come in the door of that gas station or uh, pull around the corner to wherever you are in the parking garage or whatever it is, um, I. I, we can have the gun on the ground, or maybe we want the gun to stay on us because we don't feel totally safe in that area of completely disarming ourselves. Uh, a lot of reasons to be able to, you know, have that holster in the same spot every single time. How about belts, Boone? You, you got a you got a preference for belts, or, or what? Uh, you know, either a brand or you know what a good belt consists of. What's common among good good gun belts? Just like with holsters, I have Tupperware bins full of belts and holsters right now. Um, a lot of the ratchet belts are popular. What, whatever brand you go with, I think you need a stiff belt that maintains its its integrity um, with a holster that will support the weight of the the weapon and the magazine and whatever else you're carrying. You know, it might be EDCing a flashlight, first aid kit, whatever it is. But you need a thick, sturdy belt. Um, leather, real leather, is always a great idea. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, synthetics now that that work very well. But again, like you said, you know, you buy an expensive gun, 
don't be cheap with the holster and definitely don't be cheap with your belt. The gun holster belt is a system. It's not just, hey, I have my cool, expensive custom 1911. I can buy a nylon uh, holster and you know, cheap JCPenney's belt. It's not going to work. Yeah, I, I, I got a few different belts. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of Aries gear for a long time. And it's good gear. I, I wear Aries gear pretty much all the time. Uh, I got a, like five Aegis belts, uh, a couple of Ranger belts somewhere. I don't really wear the Ranger belts much anymore. Um, and then a big duty belt. And um, they're just stiff. That's, just, that's their motto, stiffer is better. And I, right. I like a good rigid belt to where it's uncomfortable when you first wear it for the first couple of weeks. You know, it's digging in your hips. It, it's not comfortable at all. You kind of hate it. But then it 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 kind of forms to your body uh, right. after you especially got hot in it, sweated in it a little bit and everything else. Um, and when you put that gun on, everything stays there. Like it's, it's all in the same spot. There's no sagging, no bending down, no no nothing. Um, and, and, and it works really well. And you said, you know, appendix didn't work for you uh, 100% of the time. Um, I, I find appendix to be one of the, the least comfortable ways to carry a gun um, for me, but I also find it to be the most effective way of concealing a gun and accessing a gun for me. So like, I, I wish I had both. Like, I, I, wish I, I wish I could get the most efficient for me uh, right. and all those things and the most comfortable at the same time. Um, you know, with a variety of holsters, some holsters, definitely the holsters have a big deal for the comfort level and the access and, and all of that in the concealment. Um, but you know, I, I carry appendix when I don't have that revolver in my pocket, you know, 95% of the time, right? It's like I'm right. almost always carrying appendix. Um, but that's part of carrying a gun. You know, it's like, uh, I say it all the time. Um, carrying guns is inconvenient. It's, it's, it it's many different ways inconvenient. It is not comfortable to carry a gun. Like, I don't like carrying a gun. The only thing that I dislike more than carrying a gun is not having a gun. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and carry a gun, even though it's not right. the most comfortable thing ever. It's inconvenient uh, in many different ways. But uh, it's it's definitely uh, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the trade, you know. Like, which, which would you like more? Be more comfortable or be unarmed? You know, like I'm, I'm, right. I'm gonna go ahead and be armed and uncomfortable. So, cool. So, uh, so any particular? Do you have any? Do you have any sponsors, holsters, belts, anything like that that, that you that you um, work with? There's, I, I try to work with uh, all types of different companies. I used to have contract sponsors where I was tied down to that one brand, and I really don't like that because I, I do like a lot of different yeah, things. Me too. Um, but there are certain things that I really use, like as far as belts go. If I'm wearing like a duty type belt, then it's Bushido Tactical. You know, the traditional nylon belt with Kydex sewn into it, very yep. stiff. Um, if I'm going concealed, then right now I'm playing with uh, the next belt, which is a ratchet belt. And then I have the Flagrant Beard, which is just a good old fashioned, thick, sturdy leather belt yep. and breaks in real nice. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so the ratchet belt, what is it you like about that? I've seen them, I haven't touched them yet. The convenience. What's that? Um, what's that brand again? Next, next level. But there, there's a bunch of them. That's just a particular one I'm using right now. It's a, the next level belt. But there's several um, different brands of ratchet belts on the market right now, and they're just so easy to adjust. Okay, that's a good looking belt. 
And you know it's cool when you got a Spartan helmet on her, right? There you go, right? Yeah, mine doesn't have the Spartan helmet. You got you got to have a Spartan helmet. Oh, and oh, we're hitting all the wickets. We got a Spartan helmet. We've got an attractive woman wearing the belt. Who is running their marketing? Because they know what they're doing. <laughs> this is why I like Twitch. Like we can all share the screen and look at it. It's probably annoying to people, but I I think it's fun. Like we can do anything. Uh, boom, we could have we could have me and you on here. And somebody is, is having trouble shooting, like they don't have a good grip, or they, they, they're trying to tame some recoil. They're trying to, to fix their low left problem that everybody who shoots handguns has. They're trying to do all that stuff that we see all the time. We could have them send a video, and we can watch this video right here and pause it and, and dissect every single thing uh, and talk about it right there as we look through it. Like that, That's one of the coolest things about this whole platform right here. Like We, we could no, that's an interesting tool. do anything. Yeah. Well, why don't we see more of that? Like, that's the first time I've heard of it. Right. I, I don't know any, anybody who's doing what I do on Twitch right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a um, avant-garde here, right? I, I, don't, I don't know if the gun world's ready, right? But, uh, but no, I, I think it's awesome like, what, what we can do um, on this thing. It's a cool platform, and they don't hate guns yet. You know, we never know what's going to happen, but. They, they don't, they're not, yeah. uh, I can put a link to gun stuff all day long and they don't get mad at me. So, uh, I can't do that on pretty much anywhere else. So that's your bad. All right. So what, uh, what, this is, this is a personal, I usually try to represent the listener and think of what they might ask, but this is just for me personally. And I'm not going to even try to coach or, or give what I think my answer is. Talk to me about, um, about gun selection. For, for concealed carry? Gun selection for concealed carry is easy. And, and personally, it's my advice I give for gun selection, period. You're going to say carry the find biggest gun that you can conceal? No. Oh. Find a gun that fits your hand correctly. Um, all hand sizes are different. You know, hand thickness, finger length, all that plays into how uh -huh. your hand fits the gun and your shootability of the gun. Um, unless you're issued a gun, don't get sucked into brand loyalty. HK, SIG, Glock, CZ, IW, those are all great guns. They're all serviceable. Find the one that fits your hand correctly to where you can actually have a good reach from the back strap to the trigger. You can actually reach the slide release, the magazine release. Work all um, the the controls, gun actually yeah. fits your hand. Absolutely, yeah. And then, you know, make sure you can actually shoot it well. But a lot of that's just putting in the time it is um but the gun has to fit your hand for me that that would be the um my first concern is hey does this gun actually fit my hand correctly everything else you know really doesn't matter that much you know caliber size obviously a bigger gun is easier to shoot so yeah you know um pick the biggest gun you can actually conceal effectively but it, it's got to fit your hand yeah and what do you What's you're about? You're I think you're a little. What are you like five uh, five nine? No, no. Thank you though. I'm five seven. Oh yeah, you are, yeah. you are a little bit shorter than me. I'm five ten. Yeah, yeah. a lot shorter. Yeah, I mean, that's not a lot. Just that's three, right? Like yeah. Um, uh, I'm the size of the uh, I'm the average size of your average woman. So <laughs> you are pretty. With the hair Thank and everything you. too. Uh, so. I ask that because um, you know I'm I'm five ten, weigh there's somewhere between like one seventy five and one eighty five depending on what I ate that day, right? And uh, 
uh, it doesn't quite fluctuate that much, but it, it does like month to month, maybe not day to day. Um, but uh, I, I can consider a Glock 45 RMR compensator it, it, with a with a t-shirt on. It's pushing it, right? Like it's uh, I, if, if I'm wearing uh, a thick like a undershirt and a t-shirt where like I'm wearing a long sleeve t-shirt and then a t-shirt on that, I can, I can get away with it. I can, I can not print so much. Um, right. But if I'm wearing something that's like a, a button up shirt, you know, that that's like a, just, just a regular old button up shirt that's kind of big and, and flowy, I guess, you know, that's, that's not easy, right? Not a problem. Uh, wintertime, all day long. No trouble whatsoever in the wintertime. Summer gets a little bit more difficult. I have to go down to like a Glock 19. Um, I can get away with a VP9. Right, and I, it, for me, I a few years ago I realized that I don't need a small gun. Like I, I, I do not need a small gun to conceal uh, a handgun. I don't need a Glock 43. I don't need a Glock 26. I don't need a uh, a Glock 42. Um, I, I don't need a a, a, a VP9 SK, P30 SK. Um, I, I don't need those little tiny guns. And because when you if you go shoot a class, go shoot a two-day class where you're putting a thousand rounds down range, you're putting in work, and, and shoot one of those days, even shoot the easy day with that little handgun that you have. And then if the instructor allows it, he might have you do it. I have, when people, I, I always encourage people, hey, can I shoot this gun? This is the one I want to carry. This is what I'm thinking about carrying, what I'm carrying right now. You mind if I change guns through the class? I'm like, yeah, sure. But if you're changing holsters, carry locations, guns, and all that, you're going to step out to the line by yourself before when nobody else out there, just in front of the burn while we're filling magazines or whatever. And I want you to do like 20, 25 draws, something. I want you to, I want you to, to, to refresh yourself and, and let yourself know that everything's different now. This is a different holster, different gear, different draw, different everything. Uh, if we're going to something drastic, like like something crazy from a, a certain holster or to a Serpa or something like that, then I'm like, eh, you know, we'll probably find something a little bit less dangerous uh, to do um, to make sure we're safe out here. But um, I always encourage that because I want people to see the difference in, in shooting like that Glock 43 and the Glock 45, right? It It's tremendous. The, the, the speed in which I can deliver shots accurately uh, from one to the other is incredibly different, right? Like it, it's just, it's that, the Glock 45 is just superior in every way to that. Just to clarify, when you say 45, you're talking about the model Glock 45. Model 45, it's the, you know, the, 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 caliber. the, the 17 or the, the 17 right. grip and 19 slide. The, the Glock 45. Yeah, they, they did all that to confuse us so that one day we'd be talking right here at a podcast on a Friday night and they'd think we're talking about the 45 caliber Glock right there, like a 21 or something. But no, I'm talking about the 9mm uh, Glock 45, uh, the black 19X without the lanyard loop. Um, right. But, you know, I, I carry a Glock 19 as well. Uh, one of my favorite guns, my, probably my most reliable gun I've ever owned in my life is my, my BP9. Uh, it's just been an amazing gun for me. Um, and it's probably the best shoot, one of the best guns I've ever shot for me, like as far as shooting it well, uh, the VP9, other than some 1911s that just cheat because they just have amazing triggers and everything else. Um, but I, I found that for the most part, unless I'm going for a run and I'm wearing shorts and like a tech shirt, um, and I'm carrying my Weiss Glock 42 in a belly band, um, I can, I can get away with about anything else, you know, carrying a gun, you know, most of the time day to day. And whenever I, I'm dressed lazy and I'm going somewhere and I'm wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt, uh, 
I just make sure I tie my little drawstring, drop my 642 in my pocket, and then uh, put my little sling bag around me that doesn't have molly all over it and everything else, you know, and uh, it's also pretty small and it's got medical and all kinds of stuff, you know, it's usually got chapstick and a can of dip, pretty much everything you need, right? Gotta have the chapstick. Yeah. So, um, with, for you, um, you, you make, the first thing you said was fit your hands. Um, right. I've got pretty good sized hands. Right. And maybe that's why I realize I just I just hate little handgun little, the little gun so much. Um, do you see that often? You know, the kind of because I, I see people just just not shooting well or not enjoying what they're doing as well with the little handguns. Um, I'm just wondering what your experience with this. No, I see it a lot, um, especially if we're teaching like a concealed defensive pistol class. A lot of people think that means little tiny pocket pistols, right. and it doesn't. So they'll show up for a two day class, you know, shooting. You know, five to six hundred rounds over those two days with like a Glock forty-two, not you know, not really yeah. ideal. Or uh, so forty-two, not so bad. You show up with a Sig nine thirty-eight, and you're gonna right. put like six seven hundred rounds through it. Like, yeah, you're like, anybody got a gun I could borrow? Like, it's it's it gets rough. No, it does. So yeah, we, we see it all the time. Um, like you're saying though, you can conceal a bigger weapon. A lot of it depends on your clothing. You know. And then you don't have to wear tents. Just understand that, hey, different fabrics, different colors conceal better. And if you use that holster belt combination, now it makes it even easier to conceal a larger weapon. So somebody your size, somebody my size, um, what do you think some changes? If somebody, the way they dress, you know, they're, I've had a guy who who owned a Chick Fil A, a student of mine. You know, he, he and that's a whole different podcast right there, which to me I think is interesting. It's not really gun related, but what it takes to own a Chick Fil A restaurant, the, the the things that they go through is pretty amazing. He explained it to me one day at lunch, um, but he couldn't. He's not supposed to carry a gun, but he right. was in, he was in, a, in, a, in an area where he wanted to have a gun, and uh, it was a concern for him um, to have a gun. And for him, the way he is, he just wanted to make sure he protected his employees. Like that, that was his main priority in life was to protect his employees. Um, and so we worked on a few different things. And, uh, you know, I, I had him carrying an ankle holster. And, you know, there's a lot of folks that are quick to say out there, like, oh, don't carry the ankle, don't do this and everything else. And the way he had to dress and, and everything else that was going on, the, the movements he had to make and the work that he had to do and how he had to do things all day long and, and bump into people and everything else, um, uh, it, it's like my one of my least preferred ways to carry a gun. But when it is the solution, it is the solution, right? So people will say, you know, I, I see people telling online, uh, oh, don't, don't even carry a gun if you're going to carry it in your, your purse, woman. I think that's absolutely ridiculous, personally. Yeah. Um, I, I'm happy you're carrying a gun. Here's some of the ways that I would like for you to be carrying. But if none of those work for you, we can go down this list of, of to a lower preferred way. But if that's the solution to your problem, that's the solution to your problem. Here's some considerations whenever you're using that particular not perfect solution, right? Here's some things you need to consider with all that. Like if I'm carrying off body in that that bag. You know, where do I do it when I go? I'm not going to leave this around my back when I sit down in a booth to eat dinner with my family. Where's it going to go? 
right? I, I keep right. I keep it right here attached to me, you know. So if I get up and go, somewhere, oh yeah, my bag's still attached to me. I, I can't get up without it. So I make sure I don't forget it, leave it in a bathroom, whatever else. If you're a school teacher and you've got a gun in your purse, that purse has got to stay on you. You don't go to somebody else's office and leave that sitting right there by your desk, right? Like with a gun in it. So there, there's there's lifestyle changes and things that you have to do in considerations, no matter how you're carrying a gun. Um, but I, I I try to stay away from these absolute like don't do that just don't care why are you carrying an ankle you shouldn't be carrying an ankle there's people who that's their their next line that's their second gun that's in the ankle right you know it's like um i got no problem now me i i hate having straps and things on my legs right like like the drop leg stuff uh and i hate having a gun in my ankle just for running and walking fast and everything else to me it just it just doesn't feel right having that 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 balance. Maybe I need to have a, a med kit on one ankle and a gun on the other ankle. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that'll balance out right. So balance you out. Yeah. Any thoughts on any of that rant I just went yeah. on? Yeah. If it, you bring up a lot of good points. If you look at it though, um, it's like when when I'm teaching. There's things that they, you know they need to know, they should know, and that are nice to know. Yep. Same thing with carrying. You know, there's there's good, better, best. You know, there's a best way to carry a gun for you in your situation. But, you know, maybe that ankle holster is a good option for that situation. And in the, in the example you gave, it made perfect sense, you know, to carry there. So for him in that situation, that was actually the best way for him to carry. So I think you really have to look at your circumstances and then pick the best option for that situation. Um, you brought up some other points. And we were talking about concealing, like what are you actually concealing? And when you are concealing off body, like always having that purse on you, it has to be on you or that, that mm -hmm. sling bag, whatever it is. Also keep in mind though, when things don't fit, like if you guard that little tell to where you're drawing attention to the fact that you are guarding that purse, why? What's in that purse? Yeah. What's in that sling bag? Um, not a big deal especially for legally armed citizens. Certainly a consideration, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yep. So, yeah, and you can, that, it's almost the exact same thing. My dog's going crazy. That's added content. You guys owe extra. Hit the tip jar down there somewhere uh, for Rusty. You know, we'll get him a dog bone. Um, he, he said most people are too tied um, in their daily stresses and smartphones that they don't notice that you're carrying uh, if you just stop touching and adjusting. Right? right, so so totally guarding that thing, you know, dragging it, everything else. I, I, I found myself doing something like I, I'm in a gas station and I'm waiting in line, and I just spin it around. Right, so this is where I, I'll, I've got my wallet on my phone that has cards in it that I use on a regular basis. Um, but then in my uh, my bag is like my cards that I don't use as much, like my military IDs in there because I don't show it as much. My right. uh, my other stuff in there. So um, and then maybe some credit cards and like my when I don't have money, my PayPal slush fund it's in there, right? When I got money in PayPal, it's in the, the thing. So it's uh that's like off the books dollars, you know, like it don't count. It's not real money. It's in PayPal. Um, so like I, I I'll be getting there like I'm getting my wallet out, right? So but really I've got this right in front of me. Right, and, I, and I've got I'm I'm I am one step from a gun drone. Right, my my hand is right. on my I'm right by the same the zipper the, just it's the zipper next to the, the pouch that I'm in. Right, like so it's all right there. Uh, but I'm also doing something totally normal, like like getting my wallet out or my chapstick, you know, or whatever else. And and for for a female uh, or or a, 
a Mel or, or whatever. We don't discriminate in Gunfighter Cast, Shaw nope. Strategies, anything else. Uh, I don't care what you identify as, what you are, doesn't matter to me. Uh, I will help you learn to defend yourself better and, and make you know better and safer and tactical decisions. Um, but if I'm in my purse rate, like how, how often do we see a woman doing this right here? Like my wife, like digging in her purse for something, like trying to find that thing in like all these things that she has. Like my wife's probably doing it right now. She's coming back from the, she's at the grocery store. So if she's at the counter, she's probably like digging in this thing, trying to find her stuff. That's what is it? Totally normal. That's natural act. Sure. Yeah. Um, except their heads like suck down into this thing, right? Like that's the only thing. They're just staring at it. Right. Um, Interesting. Uh, so what other kind of considerations you got out there for that? Um, to, as far as like not giving that away well, or other other means of concealing? All of the above. You know, other means of concealing, uh, kind of staying on the gun selection type thing. Um, the lifestyle. Because I, I like, I find that it's very, when I first started this podcast a long time ago, uh, I forget what I was talking about, but I was talking about something in open carry. I forget what it was. Um, and I, I said something really stupid thinking I knew what I was talking about, thinking I was a smart guy and had things figured out. And this was like 2007 or something. Um, and I, I've realized now that I've been wrong about so many things in my life that there is absolutely no way that I'm a hundred percent right about everything that I talk about in classes or anywhere right now. Like I'll be at OTOA in June. I'm sure you'll be up there again too. And I'll get in front of these yep. cops, all these SWAT cops from all over the place. And I'm like, look guys, I'm going to teach you stuff today. That's probably wrong. Right. Cause I, I, I've been wrong about so many things in my life. Chances are I am not right about a hundred percent of the things that I'm going to talk about right now. I am more right today than I was last week. Uh, I'm much more right today than I was last year. But next year, I might realize, like, hey, there's a better way. I get better information. I get new, more current information. Uh, there's new technology. There, there's a lot of things out there that, that can really change my mind on things. Uh, so I've been wrong about so many things that I know I'm probably not wrong, right anymore. So I try. I still do. I'm not perfect. I still make this mistake sometimes. But I try not to repeat that same mistake. Because I was, like, bashing uh, open carry for some reason somewhere. Uh, and I'm not against open carry. Like, I, I love the idea of open carry. I've carried open carry many times in my life. Um, but I forget exactly what I said, so don't get mad at me because I hate open carry because I don't. Um, but I said something like um, not carrying, you know, something. But there, there are states, or there were at the time, I think there still is, where they there are no concealed carry laws on the books. They cannot carry concealed, but they can carry open. Like they don't even have the right. option. And I, I was so caught up into the world that I lived in, which I think happens a lot on social media. And and I, I projected my own experiences and my own geographic. Uh, experiences and knowledge and my own the things that my life is in that's it and nobody else's that I projected my own limitations expectations um, knowledge and everything I projected that on everybody else and that's what we see in social media all the time people will project their own limitations on you in a heartbeat so you can't do that you'll never make it there or they'll, they'll project their own uh, phobias they'll project their own their own uh, whatever, just because it, it, whatever affects them, the way they see their life and, and whatever it is in their region and in their small world, they think that applies to everybody and there are no other circumstances out there. Like you should never carry an ankle holster because in their lifestyle and their work, they can carry however they want, but they don't right. realize that there is a straight up white collar dude somewhere, you know, who, who doesn't have any other options. He's the same guy. He's at the same range shooting next to you every weekend. But during the week, he's got to dress a certain way 
and, and move around people in a certain way. And, and he, his livelihood, and he's got a lot of risk associated with that gun being discovered because, you know, he's losing everything, right? And he's got a lot to lose. Uh, where somebody else might be working in a place where Jim and all of his buddies carry guns and they show each other their guns every day. So uh, people live in different worlds, you know, out there. So uh, that's why I, I, I say all that. Um, to say that, that that's what I was going for, you know, the more the different you're seeing a lot of different students out there. Uh, and I always love discussions that that not only give us new ideas for what for that apply to us, but new ideas that apply to everybody else. Because I believe that everybody at some level is a firearms instructor. If all you know how to do is tell people to keep their finger off the trigger, then you're passing on some good safety information and you're going to take somebody to the range one day and you're going to pass on some good information and you, they also hopefully they understand what they should comment on and what they should be explaining and what they should be passing on to somebody like yourself. You know? No, you're absolutely right. Um, not to get off topic, but you, you brought up an interesting point. Uh, well, I think we all kind of have bias based on our you know experiences and our environments and things like that. Uh, you can all, always take that to the training environment too. Um, first off, the material you put out is very solid, especially based on your background and your experiences. But every situation is different. And I think we see that in the training community a lot right now. Uh, and I'm not knocking anybody, but we have the guy who, you know, was a, you know, Delta commando for 36 years. And he brings a certain frame of reference. And he may be teaching like all demographics from, um, you know, the, the homeowner carrying legally concealed to the SWAT cop, to the patrol officer, to the security officer, to, you know, the rifleman. And what he's teaching might not 100% apply to their situation. And um, same thing with like, uh, you know, the SWAT cop. Mm -hmm. SWAT cop, there's a lot of SWAT guys teaching now. And that's great. But again, what they're teaching might not translate to um, their their um, audience. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Everyone just has a different situation. So you kind of have to frame that for their you know specific situation. So it's an interesting point that you brought that up. No, context know. is totally key, for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I found that when I got out of the Marine Corps, retired back in 2013 and started teaching um, rifle stuff was easy handgun was was more difficult because I had a lot of things I learned from doing this podcast from from different instructors that I had on the show from interactions with with students who no, they were students at the time, but but just the audience members and um, and people people put me in check when I said something wrong or something that was that was showing my bias and all that stuff. Right. And I, I realized before I even got out and started teaching full time that wow, pretty much maybe maybe two percent of what I did in the Marine Corps applies to the armed citizen. It's it's a very very small amount of thing actually applies to the arms. We're not talking about team based warfare anymore. We're not talking about uh, intelligence gathering, planning the the way it was in the military. Um, we're we're not talking about the psychological effects of combat when you know you could get into it any minute versus surprise. You know we're not we're we're not talking about um, the way we're carrying the gun, we're drawing the gun, where that gun's carried, how it's carried, everything else, uh, ammunition selection. There was there's so 
um, outside of like um, mentally and, and psychological and a little bit of physical stressors from from combat uh, that that can carry over just because it's our physiological and psychological response to uh, to human violence um, experiences some of that carries over but none of my experience from actual firefights in the Marine Corps uh, as far as tactics technique wise translate over to the armed citizen you know like none of it not even not even one thing that I can think of now, like I said, the psychological and physiological and some of that stuff, yes. Some of the decision-making, yes. Uh, but the actual technique-wise that I used to teach and, and was taught in the Marine Corps for combat, no. no. Well, like you said, though, the, the important part really is, though, it's not really the technique. It's the uh, physiological and the psychological, you know, the, the interpersonal um, violence. That's actually the, the bigger lesson, you know, that you can bring to I, I agree. I believe, I believe shooting is the easy part. Absolutely. Shooting the gun, yes. Totally agree. All right. What, what have we missed? What are you drinking there? What is that, Kambuka? Zambusha? Whatever it's it, called? It is uh, pomegranate super tea. Oh, so you're, you're getting those, uh, you're, you're getting that, uh, what, what's it called, the uh, free radicals? Antioxidants, yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, antioxidants yeah. and all that. You're, you're like getting super healthy. Uh, right. I'm in Texas now, so I have Shiner. I love me some Shiner block in Texas. You know, made in, made right there nice. in Shiner. Uh, I'm just supporting the local economy, you know? That's it. Nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, what have we missed in, in concealment, Boone? Um, well, something that I, I think that we kind of gloss over, but going back to the lines of gear, and, and some people might say it's unrealistic, but I, I don't think it is, is um, when we talk about concealment, we're always thinking about the handgun. But actually, you know, what, what's referred to as the truck gun, you know, or the concealed defensive carbine um, is a, a viable option these days. You know, it's something you can carry yeah. in your second line gear in a backpack with, you know, um, uh, obviously appropriately set up. It, it increases your capability, you know. If you did have that, that I don't know what the statistics are, but that, you know, 2%, 3% chance where you do have to use just by use of, uh, of deadly force, um, you know, now you have a real weapon system that you could use, right. not just relying on a pistol. So it's something else to explore, you know, as a legally armed citizen. My, my shirt says behavior changer. That, that, that's what I always, my Shaw Strategies t-shirt. Um, you can get them at ShawStrategies.com. Actually, you can't. There's not even a link up there to these t-shirts. Um, come to see us for a second. Say hi to Boone. I'm walking slowly because I thought I was going to interrupt something. You did interrupt something. We're in the middle of a conversation. Oh, okay, fine. I'll go. <laughs> it's cool. Crazy well, kid. Case, um, I, I, I tell uh, the officers, you know, that I'm in front of, I try, I try to convince them um, if they're going to get into a fight with guns, this is the gun you want to use. And you, you want to use the rifle. It is just it changes behavior so much better than that little handgun. Uh, it 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 makes people stop doing things that they wanted to do much faster than the handgun does. Um, it it makes things stop working in the body so they can't hurt you much faster than the handgun does. Uh, in every single way, except for the concealment piece, the the rifle, the carbine is superior. Um, and if you feel if you feel like wow, it's, I'm I'm gonna get out of this car and draw my gun. Get out of the car with your rifle, right? Like so, if it's if it's any any one of those chances where where you think we need a gun right here, 
take the rifle with you. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had about eight officers now have to use their rifles in the line of duty. Um, and uh, four of those at OTOAF came up to me with my wife next to me and said, like, look, man, I, I would not have got out of my car with that gun. Or I didn't have the confidence in my abilities with that gun. Uh, and then I had to, I got in a fight. And I, if I hadn't taken your class and realized that I sucked or realized what I needed to be doing to get better, uh, I, I don't think I'd have had that gun in my hand. Uh, or if I did, I wouldn't have been able to use it properly. And he's like, I, I really attribute me being alive uh, to, to jump in your class last year or whatever else. And there's no greater compliment that an instructor can get. Nothing. Nope. I, 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 get, I, get, I get chills and like teary eyed right now thinking about it, talking about it, especially in front of my wife. Like, like there is, there's absolutely nothing, there's no greater reward for, for putting in the work and teaching and doing all that uh, and volunteering to go up and teach at OTOA and all that stuff. Uh, and it's not just OTOA, but I've had some in Wichita too, so a lot of officers come out there and train with me. Um, it's uh, just the best thing that could possibly happen. Best reward uh, for years of learning, years of trial and error, years of work. Nothing better than that, man. It's awesome. And that's why you do it. Yep, for sure. That's why I do this. Because the face of this podcast doesn't, doesn't make any money. But it, uh, it, it does, uh, it's helped a lot of people, man. I've got great stories from listeners and all kind of stuff. Uh, it's pretty awesome. We were talking about something really important until before Gunner came in here. I forget what it was. But I can't be mad if he's too good of a kid for me to be mad at. And he likes being on camera. <laughs> no, he's, he's a great kid. I saw he um, just did his own book, right? Well, I wrote it. He illustrated it. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. If, if you saw, um, you may have heard this. Well, you, I think you got it muted. But we've, we've got quite a few new followers here uh, during the show. But if somebody if somebody clicks uh, follow, I'll do a test. It plays, uh, it plays a little animation. And uh, he does the uh, Donald Duck voice for me. We do a lot of things as a family. Remember what we're doing, me and the wife and the boy. And uh, he says, uh, welcome to the gunfight, brothers and sisters. Uh, and Donald Duck, because he's got a sick Donald Duck voice, man. He's, he's good. He's really good. Uh, cool. Man, I, we, I think we danced around a lot of things. And uh, go ahead, do it. I know you want to. All right. Bounce. Um, we danced around a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of a lot of little subjects like that, and I, I said the same thing with Varg the last episode. Uh, Varg, um, I, I think you've met Varg before. At least we're in passing. At least up with OTA if you don't know him well. Yeah, Varg is going to be kind of a, a an off and on regular guy on the show, co-hosting with me, jumping on, and we're going to do some stuff. Um, I, I I'm sure I'm going to get some feedback from some people and some things we talked about, especially the first time having you on the show. Um, I, I, I want to cover a wide variety of things, you know, get a lot of information, see what you your, your, what you like to talk about, what you got excited about. And then there's a few things you perked up on the night, and I think that's going to come across. And then uh, I think we come back and drill down on, on one or two of these subjects and some things like that. Uh, I find the body language stuff uh, and what I'm, I'm projecting as far as body language and all that very interesting myself. Uh, I'm pretty sure some other people do as well. I think we could have some great talks on that stuff, you know. And uh, you know, what are we saying outside of words? You know, there's just, I, I could I, I love that. I've read a lot of books on body language uh, many years ago. I haven't in a long time. I haven't brushed up. I'm sure human body language hasn't changed a whole lot, but I've probably forgotten most of it. Uh, but I just find that stuff fascinating. You know, it's just it's amazing, and I love communication and linguistics anyway. Um, so I'd love to have you come back and talk about some of those things in the future. And listeners out there, if there's something you think, boom, would be amazing to talk about that he knows about, 
the guy used to like sneak around the planet um, protecting spooks and himself and, and doing all kind of stuff in places where he's not supposed to get caught, concealing himself, guns, his mission, uh, is everything else, his thoughts, and everything, his, 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 uh, is everything, right? Um, uh, I thought about making a, a thing earlier, Dave, um, when I was putting out a picture of you on Instagram, uh, I said, I said something like a, a guy who, uh, who may know something, so I'm talking about concealment with a guy who may know something about that. I was going to say something like a guy who's may know something about that because he's got to conceal his big brass balls, right? <laughs> but uh, I, I couldn't find a good image to translate that. And I didn't think Instagram was going to let like brass ball sack hanging work out so much. I'm not so sure. Um, Probably not. <laughs> but I, it, it's what I was going for. Um, maybe the, you can use that though if you want for your next class advertisement or something like that. <laughs> you know, totally use it. Just just tag me in it. Give me credit. Um, Definitely. Cool. So I'd love to have you back. Um, guys, if you're out there listening and, uh, and and you weren't able to catch the the video side of this, it's, it's, it's not much more interesting than the audio side. Uh, I'm just sitting here rubbing my chin and uh, and Boone's over here on his camera with his, um, um, uh, what, what's the word? Um, what, are the, what are the bad guys from uh, Battlestar Galactica? Cylons? With his, Cylons, with, yeah. it, with his Cylon yeah. headset on. Uh, yeah. or, or uh or, or cyberman from doctor who i'm a big doctor who fan <laughs> um but uh i really appreciate it we're gonna we're gonna take a little we're gonna go we're not gonna take a break we're gonna um we're gonna see if there's anybody out here watching has any questions real quick uh, but before i do if you did miss it guys i i stream video games uh every night and it and i want you to know that i'm not just playing a video game and you're watching it I, I talk to the people coming in here. We have great conversations. Uh, I had this army kid, or he's about to go in the army, and he was very concerned about um, uh, PTSD and like those things he's seen, the people having problems with it. And I gave him my PTSD spiel, my positivity. Like I am enhanced by PTSD. I get to make a choice if something's going to bother me, if something's not going to bother me. I get to make a choice if, if I'm going to be pissed off at this person who cuts me off in traffic. Uh, it's like Viktor Frankl said, there's a point between uh, stimulus and response. And in that point is your ability to choose your response. And your ability to choose your response is where your, your freedom and your growth lies. Uh, you don't let somebody else choose for you. So I, I, make, I make a bazillion little choices every day to have a positive attitude. Uh, and I believe that I have a sense of urgency and I'm enhanced in many ways as an entrepreneur, as a father. Uh, as a husband, because of my post-traumatic stress. Uh, there are so many good things, and I, I, I recognize the negative things, and I try to put them away, uh, and I focus on the bad. So I gave my whole long spiel on that and everything else, and uh, a lot of people that really resonated with a lot of veterans out there um, that, that really had never even heard talk like that or were just like, right on, right? Like, And uh, so we, we have all kind of stuff happens in these streams uh, every night, and then we talk guns and all kind of stuff. Have a, have a great time. Um, just hanging out with like-minded folks and a lot of times the folks play video games sometimes they don't we got people who hang out in the stream that don't play games they have no idea what i'm doing in this video game right now uh but i think it's awesome it's a great platform great place to interact and i'm hoping to bring a lot of the younger generation in that uh maybe out there wearing skinny jeans and the guys at the gun store might turn them away right i don't want that i want the airsofters i want the i want the the video game people who were this close you know to be in gun people to be in in the fight with us fighting for our Second Amendment. They're the future of the Second Amendment, and they're all right here on Twitch. And uh, that, that's one of the, the reasons I'm here, too, is just to keep it going for the next generation because uh, we got to reach them and hopefully reach them with the right messages, too, uh, to get them on board and in a safe and, and realistic way. Um, yeah, so I'm up here. Uh, if you 
also listeners, if, you, if you're out there and you listen to the audio form, um, whatever else, if, if you have an Amazon Prime, Twitch Prime comes with that. The best way that you can help out this show is to go get a Twitch account. You get a free Twitch Prime account with your Amazon Prime account. Just use that. You get one subscribe with that a month. Just subscribe to me. It gives it gives Gunfighter Cast a small amount of money. Uh, it's awesome um, because that's allowing me to get rid of Patreon and some of the other ways that Gunfighter Cast has made some money uh, to keep it going. That you pay the bills for me for it um, because those uh, those ways don't allow me to link to guns. They're they're not gun friendly. Twitch doesn't care. They're indifferent. So. Uh, I would rather them have a little bit of that cut than, than those other people. A um, couple questions, Boone, before we, we let everybody go. Um, oh, you expected the download when he walked in? Yeah, I was too. Uh, how to be a gray man, but a gray man is a hard target. That sounds like a show uh, topic. Um, any thoughts on pocket carry, Boone? Um, I think it's a, a viable option. Again, depending on your, your circumstances, would it be my personal first choice? No, it wouldn't. But again, I mean, if, if the situation dictated, I think it's definitely a, a viable way to do it. And uh, you, you yourself carry your um, uh, 642 in pocket carry, correct? Or yeah, how do you carry most it? of the time, yep. Yeah, absolutely. In a pocket holster with the trigger yeah. covered, right? In, in a holster that's designed for that gun in the pocket. Like that's an important piece. I, I am 100% against just dropping guns in your pocket. Uh, I don't care what kind of safety it has on it or anything else. Uh, it needs to be in a purpose-built pocket holster that fits that gun. Um, and and not and if you don't get that and you've got some the wrong holster, you'll be drawing that gun out of your pocket and the holster will come with it. Right. Not a huge problem because it's pretty easy to get that off, you know. Um, but if you've got a good quality holster, it's a little bit sticky. It stays in that pocket when the gun comes out, um, and uh, it's got the right little hooks on the back end. So as that thing's drawn out, it's it's stuck in there. Um, but yeah, no, I I, not that I wouldn't say that I'm I'm a fan of pocket carry. I would rather have it in a different spot, a bigger gun. But um, having the ability to carry two guns. You know, one of them is that one I can get to really quick. It's not my it's not my gun that I want to use for the 25-yard shot. Um, that gun takes me a little longer to get to than the pocket, right? What is it you, you're you not crazy about with pocket carrier? What is it that you, you do like about it? I like the fact that um, you have this, the, the element of surprise, if you will. People don't expect you to pull a gun out of your pocket, um, although maybe they should. Um, but but they usually don't. It's something to where you can actually have your hand on your weapon if you're unsure of a situation and you think you know you may need that weapon um, or attempting to de-escalate a situation. And not saying that the gun's the thing you should go to first. It's probably not. You should probably go empty-handed first. But again, it depends on the situation. If there's an intimate deadly force threat, that might be the answer. But having the ability to have your hand on it. Yeah. without escalating the situation um, it is a, a good thing to have. The negative would be um, the location. If you are entangled, it might be a little harder to get to that pocket or it might be a little harder to defend it. If your hand's in your pocket um, and I trap that hand in that pocket, you're going to have a hard time getting it out. Um, so 
there, there's pros and cons, but I think the, the pros actually outweigh the cons, depending on your situation. Yeah. You made me think of Beastie Boys right there, though. Like, what do you say? My hands in my pocket and my fingers <laughs> on the trigger. Fosse's getting big. Yeah. Old school right there. Uh, inside the waistband or outside the waistband during the colder months, which is better or more preferred? Um, I don't think one's better than the other, but personally for me, I prefer to go inside the waistband. Unless I'm carrying overtly, like in a uniform or some type of tack rig on my waist, then I'm going to carry inside the waistband. Um, I don't really carry outside the waistband unless, again, well, I'm picturing. I'm, I'm picturing what, what he's saying there. Um, he's got a jacket covering it, you know. Um, he's got – so it could be under two layers of clothing or under just the jacket, the one layer. Because I, I, I cheat sometimes and carry outside the waistband when I know I'm wearing a jacket all the time, you know, the whole right. time. Because it's fast. You know, you just get that zipper out of the way and, and get it out or rip it up out of the way. Um, it can definitely be faster, and especially if you live up north, you know, where you're wearing a couple base layers of jacket. Yeah. I really don't do that down here in Florida, but. Right. Yeah, yeah you don't. You know, so I, I, that, that's a good point, though, actually. Um, you know, when I'm in a cold place, I, I try not to, I used to teach classes, like handgun classes outdoor in the wintertime in Kansas and in Ohio. And uh, I'm like, man, this sucks. One, it's cold and miserable. But whenever you're showing up to a class and, and, and I'm, I'm teaching a class and it's handgun and people have all these layers of clothes or it's like really cold, they're wearing overalls. Right, like they got these coveralls all over everything, and then they got a belt on, and and then they got a big jacket on over that. Like it starts to get dangerous, okay. uh, especially if they're carrying inside the waistband and some other ways because so much clothing because they they have to dig through all this stuff to get a gun out and everything else. So um, I think it depends on how extreme we're talking in the cold months and the weather. But I I would like the uh, the if it, if I'm just wearing like base layer and then a jacket over it uh i'm good with either way you know we start getting a lot of clothing on a lot of layers i, I would probably go with the um the outside the waistband on there well i think you said it best you know context is everything sure is. Yeah. colder months in florida or colder months in minnesota right big difference so absolutely for sure yeah uh carry with light mounted or light in your offhand pocket or both both. Both. Um, I'm with you. They, they serve two different purposes. My handheld light does not serve the same purpose as my, my weapon mounted light. Yep. And if I could only pick one, then it's a handheld light. Good stuff. Uh, any particular lights you like more than others right now? Um, I'm a short fire snob, but having said that, I've been carrying a um, stream light. It, it's just as effective, and it costs a heck of a lot less. So the, those two lights have both um, worked very well for me. Right, and whenever your stream light stops working, they'll actually answer the phone, and you can get it fixed. Surefire, exactly. Sure, right. Surefire has as they they have let me and and everybody else down for the past couple of years, and um, I they they anger me recently. <laughs> yeah. Um. Had my eye on some of these mod lights recently. Mod light is doing some pretty impressive stuff. Some 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 pretty mind blowing stuff in the light world. That uh, I, I like what mod lights doing. Um, I would like to see them work on their their. I want to say presentation, but that's not the right word. A lot of their lights are bulky. If they could kind of address that, I think they would crush it. But yeah. capability wise, um, they're, they're very nice. 
Well, most of them were based on surefire bodies. They, they just change them out. At least a couple of them are. Um, I think a lot of them, the, the mounting systems, the way they're mounted, they're, they're bulky lights. Yeah. They, they light up everything. They do. Do you, they carry, do. <laughs> do you carry your light in a bezel up or down? Or do you carry um, your light bezel up or down? Sorry. Bezel down. Any reason why? It's the way that I carry it. Um, it's easier for me to access that way. But if you're like in uniform and you're carrying it on a belt, I could see where bezel up would work just as well. But for me personally, carrying concealed, bezel down works best for me. Do you use any of the uh, like little attachments, little rings, anything else um, on your light? you like those? I have used the old Surefire um, light that Graham made. Um, it's rubber. I don't even think they sell them anymore. I, I don't use them anymore, but I do have that one that, that I have used, and it's still on one of my handheld lights. But um, you can use, you know, 550 cord, duct tape. I mean, there's all different types of things you can use. They're not really necessary, but they, they can be handy. What What's that company that makes a little ring that a lot of guys use? They look nice. I've never used them. I know of people who swear by them. Um, I'm always like, man, I have a, oh, I haven't searched anything bad on this computer, and it like starts to, to fill it in. I'm like, <laughs> like you never know what it's gonna be. Like tentacle sex scene, not gonna happen. Yeah, I know Graham Combat used to do them for Surefire, but I've seen a couple other uh, commercial options as well. Yeah, like stuff like uh, like the Switchback. Yeah, like all those. Yeah. As long as it's rubber, you don't want anything rigid, you know, that could break your fingers. That's definitely a bad idea. But anything soft and pliable would, would work well. Wise Man Company, yeah. Autocompletes. Oh, <laughs> try to give a flashlight. Autocompletes the flashlight. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> well, Boone, um, man, I, we have, I've taken up... I've taken up like an hour and 35 minutes of your life. Uh, I apologize, but I really appreciate you coming on, talking to me about stuff. Uh, I hopefully get some time. I, if I don't get to you on the show before the next couple of months, uh, I, I'm going to bring the kid out with me to record. Um, and uh, maybe maybe me and you and Var can sit down and just have a good conversation out there in uh, Kalahari at OTOA. Um, that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know if uh, Varg realized it or not. We're actually from the same hometown, so I, I'd like to catch up with him. Are you from Youngstown? I am. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And you both live in Florida now? Yep. Wow, interesting. Where do you live in Florida? You live um, Orlando, Orlando area. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Um, you, you always uh, see that you, you've got a little bit of a Florida accent. And then you, you, I didn't realize you were from Ohio. When I first met you, I actually thought you were from, uh, like, Virginia or um, or not far from where I grew up, like Piedmont, like Greensboro, North Carolina, because you, you, you sometimes have this accent that sounds a little bit like Kenny Powers, <laughs> right? You're familiar? What, what's his name from Kenny that, that plays him? He's hilarious. Uh, cracks me up, but he, he, he talks like everybody I used to know growing up. Uh, you just got that little bit of an accent right there. So that surprised me. I didn't realize you were from Youngstown. 
trying to blend in. That's it, man. If you fit in here, like, you're on my show, so you sound like my, my people back in, when I was a kid. <laughs> All right. But it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, a few people in the chat earlier were saying thank you for your service. Um, and I, I, as a Marine to another Marine, uh, thank you for, for what you've done uh, for this great nation and the people of this great nation who will never even have a clue what you've done for this nation. Um, and what you continue to do for our law enforcement and everything else, uh, and for just taking the time, getting nothing out of it, just to come on here and talk to me so maybe we can get some good information to some people out there. So thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. appreciate it. All right, buddy. Uh, by a little tradition, when somebody comes on the show, I always say Gunfighter Cast out, so you get to say that. And right after you tell us where they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, training, all that good stuff, or they can sign up for your classes, uh, any of that stuff, and then say Gunfighter Cast out, and we're all gone. All right. You can find me on DB underscore Boone on Instagram, Threat Management Solutions on Instagram, ThreatManagementSolutions.org for my website, and then ShootingClasses.com for our training schedule. And then it's Gunfighter Cast Out. Cast Out. Let's do it one more time. What with Philly? One more time with Philly. Gunfighter cast out. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Bye. All right, everybody who is still hanging out in here. Um, I really appreciate you guys hanging out and chilling with me and Boone. Uh, it was kind of a, a short notice thing. I, I talked to Boone late last night. It was like, hey, you call tomorrow? We, we've been trying to find a time to do it. So, uh, and I got off work and uh, was speeding and got home and barely got everything set up in time and jumped on here. And they were like, oh, wow, suddenly we're live with people watching. Uh, so good information. Boone's got tons of good information and uh, always a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, I'm going to take about uh, a minute to a minute and a half and then I'm going to come back in here and we're going to get busy on some Apex Legends for anybody who cares about video games, talks, whatever. We always have a good time. So uh, grab your beer or soda or water or whatever it is you do and uh, pull up a chair. We'll, we'll hang out for a little bit. Guys, if you did enjoy that show um, and you maybe checked out some of the other Gunfighter Cast episodes, maybe you've been listening for years, maybe you're brand new, Twitch is super easy. If you click uh, the little heart up top, it means you follow me. Uh, that way you get notification whenever I go live. Um, uh, subscribe costs money. Uh, if you're Amazon Prime, then you get to subscribe, and it's um, you get a free subscribe every month, so you can like use it for me or or use it for my wife, who actually is a producer of this show because she had to run around and get stuff because I was missing a few things. And uh, she had to run a Best Buy like twice, and she was mad at me. Uh, so we'll give her producer credits on this episode. Um, now, those are just ways to support the show. I'm trying to get away from everything else except for Twitch. Uh, you're welcome, Captain Zavaho, and I'll be right